Smartcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesley demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your host, Wesley, and today I'm interviewing a Barbie expert, former employee of Mattel, no longer bound by a non-disclosure agreement, can dish all the dish, all the tea. Can you dish tea about Barbie? My sister, Iris. Stereotypical Iris. <laughs> oh, man. You have to tell me about Barbie. I don't know that the statute of limitations is done on my NDA. All right. I'll try to keep it not disparaging of Mattel necessarily, although Barbie was in many ways disparaging of Mattel. Mattel was the full on bad guys. I get it. But also produced by Mattel. <laughs> it was like Mattel films. That was the irony of which this movie had no shortage. Rife. Okay, first question for Iris, the Barbie expert. What do you know about Barbie? Why are you qualified to be the expert in this discussion? I was about to say, can we qualify this Barbie expert title <laughs> that I'm now carrying? You're a member of the Inner Sanctum. True. I worked at Mattel for six years. I ended up across the slate of digital first content. I worked specifically on Barbie for years. I did the Barbie and Barbie show. I did Barbie DIY, like doinky doink with actual plastic Barbie. I did Ask Barbie and worked, you know, basically side by side with some of the producers producing the Barbie animations. So were you around for the Amy Schumer Barbie movie era? I was at Mattel when we had cast Amy Schumer and when we had replaced Amy Schumer with Anna Hathaway. Anna Hathaway. I do remember hearing about that. There was also some uh, rumor that Gal Gadot was offered the role that, or couldn't do uh, it. That I can't substantiate, but Gal Gadot is kind of a great Israeli Barbie. Would she be blonde? I'm not sure, though. Is that, I mean, because Barbie, obviously, generic, what, what are we calling her? Stereotypical Barbie. Stereotypical Barbie. Yeah, is, it has to be blonde. And the idea that someone passed, so it went instead to Margot Robbie, like that's a consolation, is pretty silly. Well, Margot Robbie is obviously more than just a actor these days. Margot Robbie and her Lucky Chat Productions, which she runs with her husband, is a force. So Margot Robbie is not only a producer on this, she's a produced by P.G.A., which means 
means that the Producers Guild of America validated her credit as being a true producing credit, someone who was overseeing the tone and tenor and creation of this film. Obviously, there's some real credibility there. So next question, who is 2023 Barbie for? Well. Is it for mom? Uh, Absolutely. Who has more Barbies than we do. Wait, for our mom or like moms? Yeah, for our mom. <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's for our mom, although our mom might be like, it was cute. Is it for moms? Yes. Is it for me? Absolutely. Right. This generation. This it's Barbie is an intergenerational brand shared by X and millennial moms alike. Plus Y and perennials and Alpha. I mean, this is this is for all of those people. Although I was definitely thinking after watching this that it's not a kid's movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We went to the Irvine Spectrum to see Barbie on opening weekend, Friday night opening day, as a matter of fact, technically speaking. There were, you know, middle-aged moms dancing around in their pink and swirling around and stuff. I was also, I went to the bathroom at one point just before the movie started, and I had to, like, step aside because a theater door burst open, and a bunch of teens, or maybe even tweens in pink, were like, that was the best movie I ever, I've ever seen. I have to see that movie again. And I was like, whoa, maybe it's for everybody. Yeah. I mean, in, in trying to make this ageless or, or age appropriate for everybody, there's some questionable stuff for no matter for who. For sure. There's definitely questionable stuff for mom and there's definitely questionable stuff for the teens. How questionable? Is it PC or whatever? I don't know. Because this movie pissed a lot of people off and I'm sure for a lot of people it hit it right, hit them right in the sweet spot. I think it hit the people it pissed off right in the sweet spot. This is a movie for everybody but kids. And I definitely went with a gaggle of middle-aged moms wearing pink. Uh, I don't remember the last time I actually bought a dress specifically for a movie. My nails are still hot pink with glitter. <laughs> you know, we went to dinner beforehand. We had a couple strawberry margaritas. Like, this was a whole thing. And I'm not alone. Those are pink. Not even, exactly. Exactly. Recommended by our server because they were pink. This has become a cultural phenomenon that you know, to be honest, is a little bit mind boggling, but I'm also happy for it, right? This was the first weekend, this Barbenheimer weekend was the first weekend where I walked around AMC being like, wow, damn, cinema's back. It was popping. MacGuffin's bar was packed. The Ken dolls were in force and fierce. And then there were even some bro like cinema, what do you call them? Uh, cinema bros? Sure. Who were donning Barbenheimer shirts. I mean, this was a thing. Yeah. I was shocked to find that Barbie has a higher budget than Oppenheimer did. Wow. At, at approximately $145 million, not to mention the extensive marketing budget, versus Oppenheimer's $100 million, And it's done almost twice the box office so far. Let me tell you, from the Barbie global brand team... The marketing team for world-class, best marketers in the world, or at least among them, right, in terms of a fashion doll when you want to kind of re be reductive and kind of reduce Barbie to that status. Like, these are world-class marketers who are top of their game right now, and the Barbieverse is on fire. Barbieverse. First time I've heard that term, although that seems weird that I haven't heard it until now. <sighs> Okay, so being an insider, is that what the inner sanctum of Mattel really looks no. like? At least the bottom <laughs> floor, not the penthouse. That's so funny. Yeah, someone else asked me, they were like, is that really the Mattel headquarters? No. For the record, it's not. I think it's a building in Century City because I, re I recognize that red sculpture. And there is a Mattel gear at the Mattel headquarters in El Segundo, but no, that was not. That phallic building was not the actual Mattel headquarters. It was phallic? I didn't even note that. That's funny. I think Will Farrell calls it that. 
is definitely a matrix style dynamic lighting with a green tinge to it, signifying reality. And then the opening of the movie obviously was a direct homage to 2001 and the importance of Barbie in, in the universe, its emergence or whatever, when everything else was dolls. And that made people laugh in my theater. You know what? I thought that that opening was spoiled because that was the initial teaser. It was released, I don't know, six months ago. But Amy, I saw this movie next to Amy, the sneak Chafin, and she was cracking up. I was like, how many, have you not seen this like 500 times already? I don't know, man. 2001, I feel like that was spoiled. Also, just a touch on the nose, but there is no accounting for the sneak. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, next question is, she ex experienced existential dread. Barbie, all of a sudden, the thought of death entered her mind. This is because America Ferreira's character started playing with her and messing with her and having all these dark thoughts herself. Right? So... Do the Barbies age? Do the Barbies in Barbie world age? In Barbie world. I don't think so. They're all Barbie. Yes. Were they at one point all skippers? No. <laughs> no, they weren't skippers or midges. So like Claudia in Interview with the Vampire, skippers are doomed in a pre-adolescent, but to stay in a pre-adolescent body forever? Absolutely. Unless they're, oh, unless, unless they are Watch Me Grow Skipper, where you can raise their arm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Watch Me Grow Skipper needs to be relegated to the, uh, the cancellation bin or whatever, along with Magical Earring Ken. Uh, Those need to stay gone. What about the, what's the baby doll where you, you give it its bottle and then it wets itself? I don't, I recall that it definitely wasn't a Barbie doll or in the Barbie doll. These line, are, these are right? outmoded play patterns is what I'm saying. Man, that's uh, industry, uh, industry jargon. <laughs> for <there>. sure. <laughs> but man, I mean, what could make you long for death more than being a, an eternal skipper? Oh, or Ken, the Kens were the, supposed to be the sympathetic characters in this. Right. So he he experienced a masculine existential crisis or whatever. He just he kind of became autonomously alpha. And uh, you can tell that they were bad because they, all the Kens started to get uh, body hair. They had like five o'clock shadows and stuff. Yeah, he's got like a like a light beard after that. Oh, I miss that. And I think he lost it by the end because when he pops up in the back of her Barbie Corvette, man, he is entirely hairless and airbrushed. Did he also grow a peener? That's my other question. When he becomes when he kind of becomes autonomous and and gets all dude bro, how did that happen? Like I, the Barbie world seemed to be infected. Um, but was someone playing with him? Is he like a surrogate? Is he like a, a, an avatar for somebody mistreating a Ken in the real world or what? Well, Ken's a, a function of Barbie, right? So maybe there's some logic to her existential crisis bleeding into his. But basically, I, I read it as he was exposed to these patriarchal ideas for the first time. Because they're a bleed from the real world. Yes, exactly. And so he and he, he was basically just mind contaminated or infected with patriarchal ideas and the horses. It's something he needed to happen because the only thing worse than being an eternal skipper is to be an eternal Ken who is pining. And again, a blonde girl's just wrecking his life. She's like, I don't want you here. Poor Ken every <laughs> night. Is girl's that night. poor dude. Oh, is man. Is girl's night. Blonde women are going to be the death of me and every other dude ever. Well, all of the Barbies were like this, um, right? Who was, except, did Alan have a Barbie? I don't remember. 
Did Alan have his own Barbie? That would be weird and meta. Well, I... Oh, no. Alan's Barbie was Midge. Oh. I thought you meant, did he have a doll? Oh, no, no. How dare you? Alan and Midge were married. Oh. And there was like Wedding Day Midge released as a doll and I think pregnant Midge. But I think they had to show very clearly. She was controversial because Midge was released pregnant and they had to make it incredibly apparent that she was fully married. Like on her boxing, at first there was no sign of Alan and people were like, whoa, she can't be an unwed single mother. So they like made her ring like comically large on her finger so you could see that she was married. <laughs> I just thought it was so hilarious and totally offensive that every time Mid showed up, people were terrified. They were like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, Midge was Emerald Fennel. Whoa, from Promising Young Woman? Yep, director and writer of Promising Young Woman. Dare I say Academy Award-winning filmmaker, Emerald Fennel. She seems like uh, like she'd be buddies with uh, Greta Gerwig, just like um, Annie, Annie Mumolo, because she plays Annie in yeah. Bridesmaids. They seem like right. they're kind of cut from the same cloth and that they would be creative allies. But poor Annie Mumolo, she's always like the like hyper anxious, also going through her own crisis character. Yeah, the neurotic. Yeah. So then that brings me, well, not that, but now I'm moving on to the next question, which was when it first starts to bleed into the Barbie world and she encounters the dudes at the construction site. Yes. How does Barbie know what a penis and vagina are? Like I would never talk, I would never talk about these things except that Margot Robbie literally says, "I don't have a vagina," and he doesn't have a penis, which felt oddly out of character for her Barbie, yeah. her stereotypical Barbie. So that was just weird. And what was your question? How did she know what they were? <sighs> I mean, maybe so she's. I mean, I can make something up, but I really don't know. And then at the end, spoiler. She is going to her gynecologist. At some point, she got a vag. At one point, this isn't really a question. I'm just now thinking, well, she got one at some point. When did she get a vag and how traumatic must that have been? And how elated Ken must have been to have actually gotten a wiener? <laughs> was that what happened? Because he was all looking for employment or whatever. But I don't think that's what happened. If he got a wiener once he entered the real world, I'm guessing that he would have occupied his time in other oh, ways. Oh, that's so gross. And also, is that what happened? Like, I fully, it was completely over my head how... I'm going to my gynecologist or I'm here to see my gynecologist was a button. I have no idea what that means. Do you, does it mean that she was going to get, did it assume that she had a vag and so she now needed to get it examined or was she actually going to get a vag? Yeah, it's it's like one of the unromantic, unidealized, non-Barbie things that real women have to do. And uh, at least this is my theory. I have no idea. Here I am mansplaining it to you. <laughs> She is going to do the real things, all right? She understands now from America Ferreira's monologue what it means to be a woman, which didn't really amount to anything. It was like, I'm a woman, and it's hard, and people don't understand, and I have to do these things, and, and I'm supposed to look this way and feel this way, but I don't. And it's hard to be a woman, and it's hard. She was saying— it didn't really deliver. She, she was saying that yes. being a woman is being a contradiction. And it's just like under, so I guess the, the lesson to be learned is understand me for the woman that I am, for even if it doesn't necessarily make sense to you. And maybe in that way, these things can be written off as it's confusing. It doesn't have to be completely linear for the Barbie movie because th some things can be not realistic. You know, there was the realism that the Barbie dream house doesn't have a stairwell. So Barbies just magically float down from one floor to the other because that's what 
little girls have to do. They have to like pull them out of one floor and shove them into another. Well, mine had an elevator and it did have a slide. Are you talking about when you were a kid or what Mattel gave you my, for being a part of the Barbie project? My 80s Barbie dream house had a little white trellised elevator on the outside. Oh, man. That's the bougiest thing I've ever heard. And my weird Barbies would get in the elevator, be conveyed down to their Barbie Corvette, and then cruise off into the sunset. Yeah. Did it have a stable for your horse? Oh, no. Your horse was real. Wow. Wow. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you know that that I'm going to confess that I actually had my Barbies do it, like with their Kens? Ew. Yeah, isn't that weird? See, you'd think that that's what that would have been the angle, but also they didn't do it like Barbie had no interest in Ken. Well, in this version, yeah. Did you also uh, like bust them up and make them do the splits and make them tore up Barbies? I had definitely had weird Barbies for sure. <laughs> I had, yeah. I don't know that I ever drew on their faces. I think you had a little bit more reverence for your, even though you made them nasty. But <laughs> Ken, did you? But you had a Ken. Mom was like, "I'm going to buy you a boy doll to go with the girl doll," and you, I'm sure you won't make them both. I had, I had a Ken, maybe a couple cans max. So that Ken was a player because it boned all your Barbies and your Skipper? I don't think I had any Skippers. Although there were lots of Kens. The ratio was off in the Barbie movie. There were lots of Kens. And typically, yeah, like in the, in the Barbie content or in any of the fashion, girl fashion doll content, Monster High, uh, Ever After High, even like, you know, some of the younger facing brands, Polly Pocket, the ratio is always like five or six to one. Yeah, because they can accessorize better. Absolutely. Dudes are boring. Yeah, yeah. No, dudes are the tokens. He needed he needed a squad, and he needed to make... It couldn't be Ken taking over the world. It needed to be a whole posse of Kens. Yeah. Like in choreographed dancing. Exactly. They also needed to, like, rumble. Like a Grease-style rumble minus the switchblades. Yeah, that might as well have been breakdance fighting. Yeah. This was confusing. This was a very... This was a kind of ironically wildly ambitious story that discusses a lot of contradictory paradoxical dualistic thinking theories and concepts like this is it's a little bit all over the place i'm kind of trusting that maybe it makes sense but there was a lot about this that didn't there was a lot and then we go into barbie land and it's like everybody, hi, Barbie, hi, Barbie, hi, Barbie, hi, Ken. And everybody's doing their thing and everything is awesome and everything is cool when you're part of a team. <laughs> and and that was what people wanted. And then it very quickly got strange. The, there were stakes, I guess, that she was becoming a real woman, but not beca- not a tore up Barbie version of the woman. It, I, I cannot claim that I understood all of it either, and I don't know if that makes me sound dumb or whatever, but but I don't think, to your point, that it was meant to be cut and dry, and that makes for confusing feelings. <laughs> but also, I beheaded all your dolls. I threw Fluffy out the car window. Shut up. You didn't. Di- Did you? I, I dismembered all my he Wait, 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 wait. Did you wait. block it out? If, you, if these dolls- Wait, you threw Fluffy out the car window? You were there. 
I, and I was traumatized, but my memory, I, what? In my memory, even though Fluffy had a leash, she was simply sucked out the window. No, not quite. Fluffy is Iris's dog. She was pink and white, and she had big Dumbo ears what made her fly. And then I created, I was like crocheting, like you do that weird thing at a camp where you learn how to crochet with yarn on your fingers. I crocheted, if that's what you call it, a leash for Fluffy. I then put the leash, the end of the leash, which was a piece of string, a yarn, in your hand and promptly threw Fluffy out the window of the car. And you screamed like Paloma and... Mom and dad, we were like screaming for them to pull over, but we were on the highway and mom and dad refused and were all pissed at me. And I was like, you should have held on to the leash, which in fairness, you didn't know was a leash, which has haunted me for upwards of probably 40 years now. And I got yelled at by mom and dad, not only for pushing Fluffy out the window of the car, but because we were actually headed to Disneyland, which they were trying to surprise us with. And the surprise was all ruined. My day was just ruined. Yeah. Like, like right now. Yeah, that. you should. I'm pissed off at you. In my memory, I had spared you of this responsibility. I've even talked to my children about Fluffy and how traumatic an experience that was. Yeah. You, know, you also have to put some of the blame on mom and dad who didn't stop. Because you best believe if it was Kelly Ray's dog that went out, like a stuffed dog that went out the window, I would have pulled that shit to the shoulder and I would have ran down the highway unprotected to, to get that stuff yeah, back. Yeah, mom and dad, come on. Come on. Seriously. They were like war babies, though. They were born in the war just after the Depression. It's tough times. That's messed up, dude. That was a sad day, Fluffy. It was a sad R. day. R. And I still have guilt Fl- about Yeah, it. you should. So you're old and should be well past the trauma of Fluffy by now. Did you laugh when America Ferreira's daughter accused her of shining with Barbie? Uh, um, yes, absolutely. Did anyone else laugh? The whole theater. Not my theater. Just you alone barking? I, sn- I did a snort or whatever, but it was a 43-year-old reference that should have landed with some Barbie fans. Not at all. Dead silence in my theater. Oh, no. That one got a good one. We had a good, lively audience. Okay. I mean, we did, too, for sure, because, like I said, they got hysterical. Then they quieted down for the confusing bit, (laughs) and then they got hysterical again at the end. So did anybody in the theater know who the Ruth character was? I thought that was so obscure. I mean, I know Ruth Handler well. We have the Handler Team Center, which is the arguably cool uh, office building on the Mattel campus. But that's me. But that's me. And I worked at Mattel for six years. Like who in the audience could have known or even cared who Ruth Handler was? And I get it. She's the she's the creator. She's the Will Ferrell character from Lego and not the only you know parallel with the Lego movie movie. But like I, I, I want to ask you, like, did you know, did you care who Ruth Handler was? I knew who she was supposed to be. If you had said Ruth Handler, no clue. But I knew that she was going to be, when she was like randomly introduced, the creator of Barbie. She kind of had to be. But that's because I've seen movies like this before. I kind of understood it. And of course, it was revealed in the end. But until that time, especially when she's like Ruth and you're supposed to be like, oh, it's the creator. But until that time, in the moment, she was just like some weird prescient oracle 
who didn't oracle anything, <laughs> who didn't like she didn't really. So you kind of had to know. Otherwise, it was like that was random until she shows up again. And that's kind of a lot of what this movie was. I admit that for me, it did lag a little bit in the middle because they went from everything is awesome Barbie land to full existential crisis. And I was like, look, it's a novelty seeing her in Venice Beach and getting her butt slapped by like random dude bros. And then she punches him and stuff. But also, where are we going? Like, is she just going to go back soul style? That was a Disney Pixar reference that nobody got into the movie. Like, where are we going? And it did come around, but there were a lot of confusing elements. Ruth, not the least among them. Yeah. I don't know that if you even if you picked it apart, dissected it scene by scene, that it would necessarily make sense. And I kind of had the same complaint about the Lego movie. I don't know that 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 the two worlds actually made sense. Is it was it lost on you that America, albeit America Ferrera, literally woke the brainwashed Barbies? <laughs> I'm sure that's got the conservatives riled up. Uh, conservatives are very riled up, but I don't know that this was deliberately provocative in a way that was intended to piss off anybody, except possibly like I mean, Mattel was in on it. Was there like a little? core of Barbie of female Barbie producers who were like we're going to stick it to the top brass because like Mattel CEO is the Will Ferrell character name he was never named I don't know if the actual upper upper reaches of Mattel are all pissed off about this they can't, can't they, they can't be they can't be I mean they 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 would have approved every step of this creative process and now they're ch- they're they're laughing all the way to the bank and yeah. cashing them checks. Pretty pretty much, you were saying that you you don't think that this was intended to rile people up or piss people off. That being said, they definitely didn't play this safe because the Barbie brand is a brand that has been you know brand safety is a big thing, and you protect these brands and you protect their identities. I was privy to really early early iterations of this story but like i was kind of shocked at how bold this was do you know that there hasn't been a movie uh, based on a doll doll in like 15 years i think it was bratz was the last toy toy like doll movie and bratz didn't push the envelope i think it's safe to say barbie pushes the pink envelope you know when they hired robbie brenner to head up mattel films first of all i was like the producer of the dallas buyers club it's going to head up films for ch- like families and children. But maybe there was something inspired by that. You know, Robbie Brenner has built a slate like Mattel has never seen before and has engaged the highest caliber of filmmakers and really pulled off something so bold. I would have never thought that she would be able to get this through the Mattel, the ranks of the Mattel brass. And the fact that this gamble is paying off is kind of a miracle and a real win for Robbie Brenner, Mattel Films, and Mattel. Man, the the conservatives were hardcore mad. And they some of them called it, let's see, man-hating trash on social media. Someone called it feminist cancer. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my gosh. And when the Kens took over, I was a little bit disappointed. I was like, this is a weird direction for the story to go. And it's kind of lessening the impact. It's making it ugly and patriarchal and not what the Barbie movie was supposed to be. But ultimately, I think the strength is in it's like uniting and using their 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 political community to affect change and et cetera. And 
ultimately the strength is of the Barbie movie, I think, is in the satisfactory resolve. Like it kind of came around and got everybody in my theater back cheering, which is why I don't think it spun off into a convoluted mess of try of just general wokeness and trying to throw as much as they could at the screen. I think it ultimately worked in a strangely feminist way that didn't have to make a hundred percent sense. And I feel like it was effective in a way that I was shocked to discover was possible, given the kind of framework they set up for themselves. It's, it's like they slipped it in under the radar and the, and, the, and the conservatives were just confused. The fact that Barbie brings up anything other than just vacuous, superficial thoughts is a real triumph. This movie gets you thinking in surprising ways. Maybe some confusing ways, too. But ultimately, it's fun. Kind of a raucous triumph for the doll line, for the Mattel, and for cinemas. Well, I was shocked to find that Barbie delivered for me. What is your professional opinion and rating of Barbie. I'll give it a good. You know what's strange about this movie? It's kind of the Mattel's place. You know, they're embracing all the warts of their own, the pop culture legacy that they've kind of created. And it's admirable to poke fun at themselves. But what I'm saying is like calling them to, calling them, being self-aware of them doesn't necessarily excuse them. It doesn't excuse them, but it shows that they are not penitent because they're still, it's still an enterprise. It's, you know, the whole point is to sell Barbies. But to give you an idea, Aqua's Barbie Girl, a song we all know, at least if you're over 12 years old. I'm a Barbie It was girl. present in the closing credits, and people had criticized it online for not appearing in the initial trailer of the movie. But you have to remember that Mattel sued Aqua over Barbie Girl, citing copyright infringement, and has now embraced it, remixed it, overlaid a rap onto it, and is really <laughs> embracing all the ugly parts of what, what it meant to be Barbie, standing up against all this criticism. That's right. You know, evolving over the years by necessity. It's, I'm going to go with kind of admirable that they are in this position now, because they really could have played it safer and... I'm not sure more profitable. Yep. I think to really re to really reach something and to be memorable as a movie, Barbie achieved kind of the impossible by doing maybe the only thing that was possible. Barbie is a contradiction unto itself. It's a it's both a she's both a feminist icon and a purveyor of unhealthy body issues and a anti-consumerist utopia creating leader and also like some of the the ugliest manifestations of plastic you know waste creating consumerism you know um, perpetrators of childhood it's not even worth listing off the contradictions but to embrace those and to somehow parallel them with the contradictions of being a, a female being a woman in today's society kind of brilliant and you're giving it a? I'm giving it an all right. It's not. It's always nice when something exceeds your expectations uh, because these movies are expensive and Barbies are expensive. That's an all right from Wes, a good from Iris, and this is our discussion on Barbie from 2023. And if you enjoyed this discussion or the 200 others at orwhatevermovies.com, give us a five-star review. Become a movie friend on Patreon. Hit us up at orwhatevermovies at gmail.com, 818 835-0473. Thanks for listening and bye Barbie. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. 
I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.